book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. I had a funny that I was going to share with you just as we try to keep things kind of lighthearted as we go into a message, just kind of break the ice on our part just to get comfortable into that rhythm of speaking. But I've told the joke too many times to my friends and even into my class. And when I was done, they just looked at me. So I think I'll save everyone by not telling that uh, what a joke that I thought was funny, but it's not funny. But maybe this moment right now is just kind of funny. And the fact that I said it's not funny. But anyways, move along, shall we? Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, mending a broken faith, mending a broken faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number one says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. As we jump down to verse number six, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Tonight, I just want to be an encouragement as, as, as we are to be. And in midweek service um, is uh, an opportunity for teaching, for training, but also a little bit of preaching. And a friend of mine uh, used to say that you can't even say the word preach without preaching. And uh, so we'll see how, how uh, the preaching goes this evening from the word of God. You know, faith is what gets us over the difficult times. It's believing in God, trusting in God, and holding on to that, that faith that gets us through those tough, those difficult, those world-turned-upside-down moments. I have had my few. Have, had, have you had yours? They say of, of troubles and trials. Pastor mentioned it the other day about troubles and trials. He's either, one, you're, you're in one, or you're coming out of one, or you're about to go into one. Troubles and trials. If everything is looking good and rosy right now, just put, count your many blessings that you're in the eye of the storm and everything is peace and wonderful around you, but everything is not peace and wonderful around you. And when you're into that state and you think everything's great and wonderful, as Dr. David Wood would always remind us of, don't turn your TV on. Don't watch the news. Don't get on YouTube because you're going to see all the, all the things that are, that are horrible going on around about us. But we can handle all those things. When the storm comes, by faith. We live by faith. The Bible says, and the just shall live by faith. If we don't live by faith, then we are actually living in trouble, in trouble sometimes. So let me share some things with you to help you, if by your heart, that we've gotten to a spot, and maybe you've been there, that your heart needs a bit of faith mending. A bit of faith mending. The fishermen, when I grew up in, in growing up in Florida, many times the fishermen would come in and they had nets for multiple things. If they were trying to get bigger fish, the nets would have a, a bigger pattern. But if they were trying to catch something smaller like shrimp, or they're trying to catch something in a little, like little small mackerel, the, the different sizes of their nets would kind of dictate what they're trying to catch. 
And when they would come in from their fishing adventure, one of the main things they had to do before they went back out again was to mend their nets. Now, I I didn't go on one of those boats. I saw many of them. Um, But what I did have, I did have a net. It was a cast net. If you ever saw a cast net, have you ever threw a cast net? They say the best way to throw a cast net, it's, it's a big circular net with all the strings going from the middle loop all the way out. So that once you throw it out, you pull that, it, it kind of groups everything back together into one, and you pull everything into your catch. Well, they tell you to take it and toss it over one arm, and then you put the other piece in your teeth to hold it. <laughs> and then you take it off that arm like a, like a big Frisbee, but you're turning everything, and when you throw it and you let it go, you better let go with your teeth, or your teeth are going with it. <laughs> I've met a couple of fishermen who didn't have any teeth up front. And so what happened? You don't want to know. Well, okay, I kind of know. But even at times, I would throw it. I'd catch on something, and I'd try to pull it on in, and something on the, under the water, and a stick or a boat or whatever. I don't know what was down there. hit something, and it would break my net, and I had to mend it back together again. You know, in faith, we, we step out by faith every day. Every day we live by faith. And the things we get into and the things that we face and the things, that we, things we see, we need to deal with them. Conflicts and troubles and trials, oh my. And sometimes our, our net of faith, and of ourselves, it's not God's doing, it's ourselves, gets a little broken. And that net of faith needs to be mended. So I hope tonight as we go through the passages of Scripture, I want to be an encouraged to you in regards to facing brokenness of faith. And where do I begin to fix it? By faith. So the root of faith as a definition, faith means complete trust or confidence in someone or something. The most important faith is that of we know in God. If I'm trusting in anything else but God, my friend, I am in a bad state. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith. There's good faith. There's bad faith in the things. But more than just things, there's, it, it's faith in self. If you'd like to turn over to Genesis chapter number 11. And hold your place here in Hebrews, but I'm going to be in Genesis for the, most of the evening. Genesis chapter number 11. We find in verse number one, this is the time after the flood. And now the families are regrowing again. And the Bible says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. What faith is not? True faith. See, faith 
you know, we see this here, faith that's, that's bad faith. It's faith that these guys had and these ladies had as they are now moving in of one voice and in, in of one language, saying one to another, as we see in verse number three, let us. Let us do this. Let us gather what we need to gather. Let us gather the things of this earth. Let us. Let us gather brick. Let's build. We're going to make something great. Verse four. And they said, go to let us build us a city. And as they were going to build the city, they also said, now let us build a tower. A tower that will reach up to where? All the way to heaven. For there in their mind is that heaven wasn't that far away. We know by how, what is the tallest building these days? I know the one in Dubai was, was the tallest at one time, but it's not anymore. But the tall, whatever, how many floors it is, it's, 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 it's up there. Do you think these guys are really going to try to build a hundred story building? <laughs> Imagine how wide that would be for these guys to build a hundred story building and it not topple. But they tried. But God knows, we know, it comes out, and the Lord came down and, and to see the city and the tower, which was the children men built. And the Lord said, behold, the people is as one and all have one language. And this they have begun to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, go down and there confound their language. We now call this the Tower of Babel, the place of Babel. And that's where it comes to when, when the problem of faith is wrapped around us. When the problem of faith is, is, is all in me. I have faith in me. I have faith in us. I have faith in, in, in a task. I have faith in, in, in us. And, and it's good to have faith in yourself. It's good to have faith in others. But my friend, I'll fail me. I'll fail me. You ask me to do something in a task, I will do my best to try to accomplish it. But I'm, I'm, I'm human and I may fail. I have failed some in my life. Have you? In one way, shape, form, or fashion? I remember my wife has asked me to do things here and there. And I can get wrapped up in so many other things and have forgotten just one little thing. Take out the trash. My kids are gone, so now it's back up to me again. I'm trying to teach the cat how to do that, but the cat just isn't quite getting it to take out the trash. We're not letting the chickens in. The chickens would just spread the trash. So I got to do it. Hey, honey, when you get up, can you take the trash with you? Can you take the trash out? Yes, honey, I'll do it. Day number two. Uh, can you take the trash out, honey? I forgot the trash. You know, you know, you forgot the trash. Can you take the trash? Yes, honey. I'll do it. Day number five. Now, honey, can you take out the trash? But by day number five, honey, I left the trash at the door. <laughs> Will you please take the trash out? Okay, I'll take the trash out. But let us. The problem regards to faith in ourselves. The problem with faith in the things of this world. The problem with faith in our, uh, in our bank accounts and such. It's called misdirected faith. Our faith is in the Lord. The Lord leads us and guides us in of ourselves. The Lord leads us and the Lord guides us in our faith in one another. But we'll fail. We'll fail. But God will never fail. 
He will never fail in all that he's done and has done for us. So God guides us, God directs us, and he leads us. But now I want you to turn over to Genesis chapter 12 as we turn the page. I want to move forward in regards to tonight's lesson regarding Abraham. Regarding Abraham. And who Abraham was. One of the heroes of the faith. We can see Abraham and we'll look at Abraham in the book of Hebrews before we're done. But we find in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1, we find now, The Lord said unto Abram. Of course, we know his name changes to Abram. Abraham, you know, hey, it's pretty exciting though right there, isn't it? The Lord came to Abraham, Abram or Abraham, to talk to him and to share with him. I think that's pretty special. He's a pretty special fella for the Lord to come down and talk to. Has God talked to you outside of his word, outside of the preaching, outside of that still small voice? Has God come to you and say, hey, <laughs> got something for you. But he did it to Abram. And he came to Abram to show him faith. The people of Babel were saying, let us, let us, let us. But God here is going to say, I will, I will, I will. We find here in verse number one. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of the country from thy kindred and thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee. And make thy name great, that thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless him that bless you, thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Man says, let us. God says, I will. We try to trust ourselves and things, you know, let us do this. We fail. God says, in a positive note, I will do that. I won't tell you that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He didn't mess up. He didn't goof up. He hasn't forgotten. If he says he's going to do something, he has always done it. I love the fact that he said he's coming again, and he will. I'm glad he told me that he would forgive me and set my soul free by trusting in Jesus, and he has. He says, I will. But the most destructive thing that we can do is to make ourselves into that position. The people in Bible said, we're going to make ourselves a name. No, God wants to make a name with us and for us by living by faith. Faith is what we need to live in. So number one in your notes, I want to encourage you, if I can find page number one again. Where'd you go, page number one? There it is. That's not number one. I want to make sure you have your outline going. Number one, the root of biblical faith. The root of biblical faith. It starts with the Lord. Trusting in him and him alone and nothing else. And God says it's him. I will. I will. D.L. Moody and George Mueller, men of faith of old, spoke much about faith. A couple of sayings that I got from them. Faith is believing the word of God and acting by the word of God. So believing is beyond mental. Faith is belief with legs on it. 
Just keep moving forward by faith and God's leading. And that's true. That's faith. Do you believe it? Yes. Then live it. Do you believe it? Yes. Then show it. Do you really believe it? Then take those steps of faith and grow in it and grow in it. Knowing the word is one thing and knowing the God of the word is another. And not just in knowing, but in the doing. Number two, the requirement of faith. The requirement of faith. We're still here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto land that I will show thee. So the requirement of faith is to, for Abraham, Abram, is to get out. Is to take the step of faith. Abram, I want you to leave your home, which was the Ur of the Chaldees, which was over by Babylon area. If you happen to know in a biblical map where that is, it's quite, it's quite, look at the map, it's quite east and north of Jerusalem. Take Jerusalem, go straight north, and then come over to the east. And that's where you'll find Ur of the Chaldees. And then come up from there to Babylon, and then we have the Euphrates River, and it comes all the way down to where God wanted Abraham to go. From the Euphrates all the way to the Great River, and many believe that was the Nile River, that God was going to bless him. Bless every place you put your feet. But it would, not, it would not start without a first step. It would not start without him getting up and getting out. You know, that's what our faith does. It gets us started and gets us moving. Deuteronomy 6.23 says, And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. So God has something special for us. God has something special for you in faith. But there's a requirement. The requirement is getting up and doing something with it. I'm a man of faith. I hear you, but I don't see you. Now we all say, now, your actions are speaking so much louder than your words that I can't hear what you're saying. I'm a man of faith. Really? What church do you go to? How often do you go? Are you an encouragement? Are you one that's spreading the word of God? Are you trying to be a blessing? Are you trying to do all these things? Well, no, not really. Okay, show me your faith. Then I'll show someone that has faith in Jesus. So it's got us something special for us. But the world has something special for us, too. The world wants us to live and, 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 and be in the realm of sin and to be in the realm of this world and be in the realm of self. Uh, hold your place here. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Six fourteen says this, And be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore? Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, 
and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. God wants us to come out. God wants us to not stay where we are when we got saved. He wants us to take steps of faith forward and come out. Come out of what? Come out of sin. Come out of sin. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. The world, we need to come out from the world. He says it's this, we ought not to be unequally yoked together with the things of this world. That meaning the loss, that meaning the philosophy, that means, meaning the, 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 philosophy, the connection with the world in the worldly ways. God wants us to be in his way. And one of the worst enemies that we have is ourselves. Sin, yes. The world, yes. But it's ourself. We are our own worst enemy. The other day, preacher Bartlett and Kelly and I went to, over to that, uh, the King Buffet, Chinese Buffet over in Canal City. How many times did you go back, Brother Holtzkill? I am not telling. I'm sure one more than I should have. I'm sure one more than I should have. But you know what? God, God, God wants us to, to have things. Yes, he does. He doesn't want us to go without. But he does want us to stay from the philosophies. He does want us to abstain from the wicked ways. He wants us to come out from them. God told Moses when they were in bondage to come out of Egypt. Take him out of the bondage. And Egypt has always been a representation of the world and the things that are of the world. Come out of Egypt, he said. He told the, the, all the Israelites to come out. You know, we, we be, you know, as we come out from that, you know, we have things in our lives that we need to break. Idols of our life that they worshiped in Egypt. We need to break. We need to get out so that we can get in by faith. Not for salvation. Salvation comes by grace through faith. Now that we are growing in grace, get in it. And keep moving forward in it to be what God wants you to be. But in doing so, he wants us to come out of these things. So Moses led the people of Israel out. But many did not want to get out of Egypt. They left Egypt because that's what the Jews were doing. But just because they got out of Egypt doesn't mean that Egypt got out of them. Many child of God that I've met and I've talked to have gotten saved. They've come out of Egypt from you know, their payment of sin. But many things in their life has not, Egypt's not fully come out of them yet. But that's a growing process. Step by step, growing and growing. So what is it going to take for Egypt to get out of you? What steps do we all need to take to focus more on the things of God, what God wants to do? By faith. As we grow, Abraham was 75 years old when God called him to move. It takes faith, something that we need to come out of faith and trusting in the Lord. Hebrews 12, verse one and two, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we need to let go of the sin. We need to let go of the weight and step forward. Number three, the reward 
of faith. The reward of faith. Back to Genesis chapter number 12. God comes to Abraham and says, and the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and thy kingdom and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. Get out. The reward. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. He said, I will go. We need first go. But he says, I will make thee. It's God's doing. And how I broke that down is like this. I will make of thee a great nation. That's family. Having faith in your family. And yes, we need to have faith in, in our children, faith in husband and wives. But I'm talking add faith to your family. Add faith in there. Spending time with the word together. Spending time in prayer together. Growing your faith in your family. And he said, you'll be a great nation, family. And I will bless thee. That's personal. That's personal. As your faith grows, whether or not you get monetarily wealthy here, it doesn't matter. But as your faith grows here, you are growing personally in faith. And if everything becomes a great rich riches to you, to see the sunset is a great riches knowing that God's coming again. To see the great rainbow in the sky and to knowing that God's not going to destroy the world with, with the flood of the water again. But looking at a flower and knowing that as that little flower spins, and God knows that flower spinning, but he knows you more than he, you know, than he does that flower. He loves you. The little sparrow that flies, he knows the sparrow. He knows how the sparrow flies. He cares for the sparrow. He knows the sparrow needs food and he provides the food for the sparrow. But how much more does he love you? and care for you. He loves you. He wants to bless you personally. He also wants to give you a great name as Abraham. And he wants you, I like this, and thou shalt be a blessing. Thou shalt be a blessing. Have you been blessed? Amen. God wants you to flip that back around and be a blessing. We've been blessed. God wants us now to show forth. Go out as a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He wants us to keep moving forward, to be a blessing. We sing that song, Make Me a Blessing. We don't sing it very often because it goes so high. It even goes above my range. I guess creaking up there. A blessing, this I'm on today. But it's a challenge for us to be a blessing, to get up, especially in this day and age. You don't know who you're going to meet out on the street. You don't know what kind of day they have. You don't know if they're going to go postal on you or, or what. So we kind of take to ourselves. But we need to get out of that shell just a little bit and at least smile and at least share and at least say, have a blessed day to be a blessing. And then as God opens doors to, to go from there, but it's better to be a blessing than to get a blessing. God wants us to be a blessing. Abraham is still a blessing today. It is from Abraham, the children of Israel. It is from the children of Israel that Jesus came. From Jesus, we have eternal life. Thank you, Abraham, for your faith. By faith, man gives God pleasure. But by faith, God gives man treasure. We just came out of stewardship month the treasure of our time, the treasure of our talent, the treasures that we have in store, the treasure of our family, the treasure of our friends. A treasure. And that treasure is to be a blessing to others. God blesses us 
so that we can become a blessing. You want a blessing? Be a blessing and an encouragement. So there's a reward for faith. Number four, the relapse of faith. The relapse of faith. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. The relapse of faith. There may be a Christian out there (laughs) that has never faltered in faith. There may be. Um, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand to say that I've never faltered in faith. Okay. We all have. How do you know that we have? Because we're sinners. But I'm saved. Yes, we're saved. Saved by the grace of God. But as long as we're in this sinful body, there's little hiccups that come along our way. My preacher friend, Dr. Fred Schindler, would preach a message on, he's, you know, I'm preaching to Christians. I know that I am. And I just can't hammer on the big things that, that, that we hammer upon, upon sinners. But as Christians, we, we need a little tweaking. Just kind of like the old radios. That old time radio. They kind of get out of sync. When they get out a little, a little, you turn that knob just a little bit. I know on our, our radios in our car, there's often that little button over there that says tune. <laughs> to kind of kick it up a couple of points and, or kick it down a little pop, on that big dial of, 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 of the spectrum of sound and, and radio frequencies. And if we're not right there, we get static. Or sometimes we'll get a little bit. We can't quite get the ball game landing what we want to listen to. And in the Christian life, sometimes we're just there in the same spot. It just seems like we got a little bit of static in our faith. There's just a little hiccup there. Yes, I know God, and yes, I can hear God, but it just seems like I am not really tuned in to God. Well, that's the relapse of faith. Not the loss of salvation. That cannot happen. I have a gentleman that calls from time to time. Want to know if he's lost his salvation? Have I broken the unpardonable sin? And I ask him what he's done. And I'm like, no. Well, I was mean to my son today. Did I, did I commit the unpardonable sin? No. Are you saved? Yes. Do you know you're going to heaven? Yes. It's a done deal. You're saved. Now walk in it. Walk in your faith. We get to the point in our life that we have these little hiccups. When our faith becomes broken, we're in trouble. When our faith gets to the point that it's got static in it, we're headed down the wrong trail. We've got something else that we're focusing on instead of focusing on the things of God. You see, in Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, down to verse number 9, and Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. See, I know I skipped a lot. But we find from verse number 4 down to verse number 9, God telling Abraham to go. And as he would go, that he would have everything. In verse number 7, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain in the east, Bethel. We'll come back to Bethel in a little bit. And pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he built an altar of the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed, going on still towards the south. 
And God's blessing to Abraham that he gives to them is everywhere you put your feet, moving forward is going to be yours and to your people. So would you not say that this is going to be God's blessed land that he was going to have that where now Israel dwells? They still don't have everything that Abraham had, but they're still fighting for it. So this is blessed land. This is promised land where Abraham was going to. But when we get down to verse number 9, and Abraham journeyed going on toward the south. Verse 10, and there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to, into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. What land was it that there was a famine? God's land. Abram, where's your faith? Where's your faith in God, Abram? God spoke to you. God came to you. God wanted to encourage you. God said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless all those that, that bless you and curse those that curse you. And he said that I'm going to give you, make you a great name and I'm going to give you a great place and you're going to be a blessing to all people. And, and now I'm giving you this land, Abram. Everywhere you go, wherever you put your feet, this is going to be your land. I'm giving it unto you. But now famine comes and the faith of Abraham wanes and he doesn't stay there. He leaves. He leaves. Where's your faith, Abram? Well, you know, things do happen in life. Maybe he just needed to go on. Well, guess what? The same very land is God, the very land that God was leading his children unto. When they got hungry, what did God do to the children of Israel? He provided manna. And he provided quail. When they got thirsty, what did he tell them to do? Strike the rock. And they got forth water. Could God have taken care of Abram if he stayed in the land? Would God have met his needs? How about when the prophet was hiding from Jezebel down by the brook Cherith? And for three years there was a drought and there was nothing to eat. What did God do to that prophet? He provided food to him. The ravens brought him food and fed him. Can God take care of Abraham? Yes. Can God meet his needs? Yes. Can God meet your needs? God can but Abraham, who walked with God, saw God, talked to God, even had a hiccup. He had a hiccup. So where did he go? He went down to Egypt. He went to the place of idols. He went to the place that we already know that we talked about, the place of sinfulness. He went down there. So not everything would be one of great and wonderful when we walk in faith. Not everything is going to be perfect as we would think of this earth for us. Not everything's going to be perfect. We're supposed to happen that way. I know. I know. I can say that about several things in my life too. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. But it happened God's way. And it's happened his purpose way. And his purposeful way. God has not done anything wrong in leading us and guiding us. Now I'm really going to run. And so God has provided a way. Like he provided an ark for Noah. Oh, my friend, God has great things for us. So what did Abraham do? Number one, he compromised. His compromised decision. Abraham decided to go down. And my friend, every time we start taking a compromised decision from the word of God and God's purpose and plan for our lives, we're going to find ourselves in a place that we don't want to be. So do not start compromising God's word, nor the guides by which he has shown to us to live. Live in them. And when you leave Egypt, leave it. Let it go. Don't compromise your faith. Or as we bring it back around again, it'll get static and faith gets broken.
Number two, his confidence lost. His confidence lost. Verse number 10, there was a famine in the land. He didn't have confidence that God was going to help him. Did God make a mistake leading Abraham to the promised land? No. Abraham lost confidence in God. When we start putting our confidence in anything else but God, we're going to come down a bad road. Isaiah 3, 31, 1 says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. Hmm. Number three, his conduct changed. His conduct changed. We find in chapter 12, verse 11, And it came to pass when he was come near into Egypt, he said unto his, his, to Sarah his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, that thou art my sister, and it will be well for, with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. What did he do? He lied. He lied. But it was a half-truth. He actually was a step. You know, you get, yeah, I know. But it, a half-truth is still a whole lie. And so we see Abraham, who's, who's defaulted now in, in his decisions. Number four, his time wasted. His time wasted. Every time we leave God, we've wasted time that we could have been given to God. If he had stayed in the promised land, there would have been more time that he would have had in order to develop it for his home. More time. But now wasted time. As his faith had waned. Number five, his testimony hurt. His testimony hurt. We talked about it earlier about his family being blessed. And his self, personal, being blessed. And, the, and then his name being blessed. And then the whole world being blessed. But we find that his testimony was affected. Abraham affected Lot. And Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham affected Sarah. When Sarah said, I'm not waiting on God anymore to have this baby that he promised me. So take now Hagar. And so when you go to Egypt, it not only affects you, but it'll affect your family and your kids. Your family and your kids. Number six, his family trouble. And that just goes along with Hagar. When Sarah gave Hagar unto Abraham to have the children that she couldn't have by God's promise, trouble came. His family trouble. Where was Hagar from? Egypt. And wow, what trouble we face today because of that decision. Number five, the restoration of faith. Chapter 13, verse one. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with them into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. The word Bethel means God's house. Like Elohim. You probably hear El Shaddai. God, El. But El Bethel means God's house. Where did Abraham go? He went back to that place where he first met God and worshiped God and built an altar there. So what did he do again? He went back to that place, verse number four, and unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. 
We need to get back to the blessings of faith again. How did he do this? And I'm running. Just three points and I'm done. Number one, repentance. He went up and left Egypt. Number two, remembrance. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been from the beginning between Bethel and Hai. He went back home. He remembered where he was. He remembered where he had it. Three, restoration. Restoration. Unto the place of the altar, verse number four of Genesis 13, which he had made there at the first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. God wants to bless you. God wants to work with you. God wants to be an encouragement to you. God wants to lead you down paths of righteousness as we learned in Sunday school class these past few weeks, down paths of righteousness for his namesake. How's your faith? How about tonight when you go home talking to God? God, are we okay? Are we good? Lord, show me. David prayed that, Lord, Search my heart and know my ways. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for tonight and your blessings to us. Lord, guide us each step of the way as we live by faith, we walk by faith, we talk by faith, Lord, we give by faith, and we strive to be a blessing by faith. But when that faith wanes, dear Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'll lead us and guide us and draw us back to you. And may we, dear Lord, of our own heart and love for you to take those first steps. As we draw nigh unto you, we know, dear Lord, you draw nigh unto us. So, Lord, bless tonight. Bless the scriptures. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.